Well, greetings this morning. As I said, uh, greetings to Pastor David. Thank you for allowing me to speak. And Pastor Kim, amen. Susan and I's good friends and all the wonderful people here at Asheboro and all the people out there watching on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, man, I enjoy watching church. And it's good to be here today. And thank you for the kind words, Brother Jimmy. Amen. Uh, this guy, he every time I see him, I think of all the churches he's planted. You may not realize it, but he's a legendary church planter. Amen. He's planted churches, uh, and they're still going today. And in the symbols of God, basically, I will tell you, Chi Alpha and the Hispanic ministries are really taking off. And I am chairman of the board of Triad Calpha, and he shared that story of a young lady named Una. Uh, she was into witchcraft, uh, an atheist, and now she's a born-again believer, full of the Holy Ghost. And I think she wants to be a missionary. You know, on Wednesday nights, usually I, uh, when we're in a regular schedule, Susan and I go to Chi Alpha in, called Triad, and there's three schools. We're Wake Forest, Salem, and uh, WSSU, and uh, Winston-Salem State. But uh, Salem is a unique college. Because if you will study church history, the Moravians came to America to take the gospel to us. Count Van Zeck was baptized in the Holy Ghost. They were Pentecostals. But now if you know much about the Moravian church, it has changed so much. And Salem University, it is tragic now because the gospel is not preached there. But now we have a full-time Assembly of God missionary there all the way from South Dakota. Kristen's her name, and she's had over 16 young girls give their hearts to Jesus Christ in the last year in that place. So that is exciting, isn't it, folks? Amen. That's what the kingdom of God is about. I know this church loves missions. Susan and I, uh, we thank you for supporting us for many years when we were with the Assembly of God World Missions. About 17 years this church supported us, and we want to thank you. But this week I was just praying earlier in the week, and God put something on my mind, and I said, well, God, I, I'll preach it when I get a chance, but I want to talk to you today about a long night, a long night. The Bible says in Psalms 30 and verse 5, take me on to this scripture, would you, as you roll forward, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, as we're going through this particular crisis that we're going through with this virus, it seems like a long night, does it not? It seems like a long time. It seems like a different struggle. Have you ever driven your car all night? Have you ever been a time when you cannot sleep in the night? I remember when I was young, my father and mother lived in an Oklahoma. He pastored a church there, and I had three small kids, and I liked to drive all night because they were good. Amen. Otherwise, they'd fight. Amen. So I would drive. But maybe there's some time when you cannot sleep. But the Bible also says this in Psalms 127.2, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night. Ancient is waiting for food to eat, for God gives sleep to his beloved ones. God can give you rest. And in the midst of this long night, 
that we're going through right now with this virus going on, I want to take, take you to the Bible and show you a few men who went through a long night. One of the first men I want to talk about is a man named Jacob. Jacob, take me to that text in Genesis 32, and I want to read it to you today. This left Jacob alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him unto dawn, begin to break. Jacob, all night long, begin to wrestle, uh, all night long. And when he saw he could not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. It was a long night for Jacob. Jacob had been a deceiver. Jacob had been a trickster. I'm telling you, he took from his brother. He was one of those guys that I don't think you'd want to do business with. You ever seen somebody you didn't want to do business with because you didn't know they were quite honest or they were quite going the right way? Well, I'm going to tell you, Jacob's very name meant deceiver. And when you went into business with him, if he was going to sell you something, he was going to come out the best because he was going to deceive you. But God began to wrestle him and God wrestled with him all night. Now, let me tell you why Jacob wanted to wrestle with God. Because I will tell you, his brother was coming after him, Esau. Do you remember the story? He stole Esau's birthright. He stole everything he could possibly take from Esau, and he headed down the road, but Esau was coming to get even. You ever wanted to get even with somebody? Esau said he has taken everything, and the Bible actually says, take me on to my next scripture in, in, in Genesis 33 and verse 1. See, Jacob that night he wrestled till the breaking of day, and he said, God, you must bless me. But more than God blessing him, I think God was breaking him. Because he always wanted to be in charge. He always wanted to take control. And now his Waterloo was coming because Esau was a mighty warrior. And if you'll read this passage of scripture, the Bible says it was a long night for Jacob. And he looked up and he saw Esau coming with 400 men. And they wasn't coming to play checkers either. They wasn't coming to celebrate a big meal. They were coming to get even. All this was built up inside of Esau. All these years of how his brother stole from him and taken from him. And one of the most amazing things happened in that long night. Because I want to read to you one of the most powerful stories of reconciliation ever written in the word of God. The Bible says in Genesis 33 and verse 3, Then Jacob went on ahead, and he has approached his brother. He bowed to the ground seven times before him. Look at that. He bowed seven times. He had never surrendered to Jacob. He always wanted the upper hand, but he had had a long night, and he had encountered the presence of God, just like we did in this service this morning. Do you know the presence of God can change you? The presence of God can take anger out of you, unforgiveness. It can take hate. It can take bitterness. It can take 
anything that's in your life. And when you have a long night, encounter God. And look what he did. He bowed seven times before him. I want you to see this. I want it to speak to your heart this morning. This comes out of a long night. Jacob had never bowed to Esau before. Bowing is a sign of surrender. Bowing is a sign that the other is an authority. Many cultures, you will notice in many of the Asian culture, they bow to you. That is their culture because that is a sign of respect and honor and recognizing that you are the one in authority. After that long night, God had changed Jacob's heart. He had encountered God. He was now walking with the limp. But look what happened. When he bowed, it also changed his brother's heart. What a story. I love this. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. Wow! Do you grasp that this morning? Here, this was, this was a brother who hated his other brother, who had lived for over 20-something years to get even with him. But when Jacob had humbled himself and he had that long night, he threw his arms around him and kissed him, and they both wept. 400 men coming, they embraced. And what a changed heart. Isn't that great? Can you grasp that in your spirit? There may be someone that you have a broken relationship with. I talked to someone this week. They were great friends. Great friends. But because of money and it happened in a church. They were raised together in the same Assembly of God church. They were friends and they loved each other. And one of them died this week. And I said, are you going to the funeral? He said, well, I think I hadn't seen him for 10 years. Isn't that sad? How junk gets in our life and how crud gets in our life and how we lose our friendships over, over money and over things and difficult things. But I want to tell you, a long night, an encounter with God can bring you back together and you can wrap each other's, uh, wrap each other's. I, I see those two men, how they loved each other and cared for each other. Oh, God, give them a long night when they will encounter God. The second long night I want to talk about is King Dyrus. Take me to that text. And this is the story of Daniel. When the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting, he, he refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Man, this is one of my favorite Bible stories. Any of you, when they threw Daniel in the lion's den. Man, you know something? Children miss it nowadays. Man, we're going to miss VBS because you know what's going to happen? They're going to tell them Bible stories at VBS. Where do you learn the Bible stories? I learned them in Sunday school, man. They're the greatest stories of all. I mean, you read a bit like David slaying a giant and you read about Moses crossing the Red Sea. You remember the little boy, he came home from Sunday school one Sunday and his mama said, Tell me the story you learned. And she said, well, he said, 
We learned about Moses and the children of Israel crossing the Red Sea. Well, how did it happen? He said, well, the army came and they had big bulldozers and they had all a kind of equipment and they began to push the water back and they began to build a bridge across and they brought in the jets to protect them from Egypt's army. And his mom said, son, I don't think it really happened that way, did it? He said, well, mom, if I told you how it really happened, I know you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> But see, those Bible stories, the Word of God puts life in us. And here it is, Daniel's been throwing the lion's den because he's a praying man. Because he's going to still pray. I am thank God I came in the sanctuary this morning and people were praying. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, you go in a lot of churches, you know, they got coffee shops, but they don't have prayer rooms anymore kind of a pet peeve of mine. I think you ought to build a prayer room before you build a coffee shop. Amen. That's just my opinion. <laughs> but the Bible says that King Darius had to put Daniel in the lion's den. You know the story. And he had a long night. I don't think he slept all night. I think he paced the floor. I think he walked back and forth saying, how did I get caught in this predicament? Daniel is a good man. And it's a long night. Have you ever made a mistake or have you been in pressure when you've had a long night? You know, you don't know what to do. You're awake all night. You're tossing and you're turning and you don't know quite what to do because you're caught in predicament, because you're caught in a difficult circumstance. It's like this virus right now, folks. We're in a long night. We don't know what to do. You don't know what to believe. Some people say it's false. Some people say it's real. I'm going to tell you it's real. I had a dear friend of mine, you'll remember him, James Eller, 83 years old, on staff at a church of God in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, but he pastored many places here in North Carolina. He was one of the first men I knew who died. Brother Eller's in heaven. He was 83 years old, but uh, he was still working for Jesus. This has been real. I have another friend, Rick McClary. Right now, he is, he's on a ventilator in Florida. It's been a long night. It's been a long night. We're in this long night. We're pacing the floor. We're wondering what to do. But then I love what this scripture says. Very early the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. Long night, man. When it's a long night, man, you're ready to get out of the bed, aren't you? You're ready to get up. You're ready to go see what happened. And when he got there, he called out in anguish. I don't think this guy had a lick of faith. I mean, he didn't know nothing about God. He thought he'd come in there and see Daniel eaten up. But he said, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithful, able to rescue from the lion? And Daniel answered, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so they could not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in sight, and I have not wronged you. Your majesty, the king was overjoyed in order that Daniel be lifted from the den. Listen to this. Not a scratch was found on him. God can take care of us, can he? For he had trusted in his God. Listen to me today. I believe you said it in the day word said about when they threw me in that lion's den, those little lions laid down. They were like some little 
kitty cats, and I went over and just laid my head on their shoulder and took a good nap all night. For Daniel, it was not a long night before he was in the presence of God. But listen to what happened. God sent an angel. I believe in angels, folks. I've encountered them a few times. You'd look at my face today. I've had over 400 stitches in my face. When I was a young man, I pastored the Assembly of God Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. A drunk driver hit me doing 90 miles an hour. I was trapped inside of that van. Couldn't get out. Bleeding, cut many places. And from out of nowhere, someone appeared and gave me a white cloth and told me to apply the pressure to my face to where to stop the bleeding. Nobody else ever saw that who told me to do that. I, I know it was an angel. An angel came and gave me a white cloth, and I applied it to the pressure points. I stopped the bleeding in my face and other places where my body was cut. There was another man in the car uh, that got in the church van that got out, but I'm laying there, and I sense the presence of God, and God touches me. When the life squad comes, I tell them how to cut me out. They cut me completely out of the van, put me in the ambulance, and on the way to the hospital, there was a nurse. And she knew a lady in my church, and she said, I don't know where that man was from, but he finally went in shock and become unconscious on the way to the hospital. But all the way to the hospital, he spoke in this foreign language. You know what I was doing? I was praying in the Holy Ghost all the way to the hospital. Didn't even know I was doing it. You know what's in you is going to come out. Can you say amen? That was a long night for me, but God was with me. That was a long night for Daniel. The next long night I want to talk about is a long night at Calvary. They arrested Jesus. And I use a text from Isaiah 52, 14 about this long night when Jesus was placed on the cross of Calvary. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured he seemed hardly human. I wished I had the time today to give you a vivid description of what Jesus' long night was like. They, they marred his face. He looked like a monster. I, I, I can see what happened. For when I had that accident and my face was all scarred, it swelled to three times its normal size. Jesus' head was swelled. The crown of thorns was upon him. The whip was upon his back. He was disfigured. You would not hardly realize as a human. And from his spirits, one would scarcely know he was a man. It was his death. But although he died on a Friday, on a Sunday he come out. Let me tell you, it was a long night. But it was a long night for every lie I would ever tell. It was a long night for every sin I would ever commit. Let me tell you this morning, if you are watching this on the line, I declare to you, you may be walking through a long night, but Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And right now, if you will simply open your heart and confess with your mouth and believe that he is Lord and ask him to come in to save you, your long night will enter and you'll have a friend who will never leave you nor forsake you but be with you always until the end of the world let me tell you it may be a long night we may be in a virus but I got news for you joy is going to come in the morning 
It may be sickness. It may be disease. It may be abuse. It may be an unsaved husband, wife, friend, child. Maybe a job. And as I draw this to conclusion today, I go to one more illustration. It is found in Mark chapter 6 and verse 47. It said, late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was on the land. He saw they were in serious trouble. You ever been in serious trouble? I have. Man, I've been in places where they were shooting guns at me. I've been in an airplane one time. I thought I was going to heaven. We had left a, a, an island and we were flying into a city over the top of a jungle trying to go into a major airport and the pilot, we, it, it wasn't no kind of radar or nothing. The pilot began to scream, I can't see the airport, I can't see the landing. I'm looking around, we're in a squall. I think we're all going to die. There's about 12 of us on the plane. I'm in trouble. It's a long night. But I say Jesus and all about a minute later, all of a sudden that plane drives out of that dark cloud and I I see daylight, and I see the sun, and I see the water. Come on, we've all been there, haven't we? With our child, with someone that's struggle, and the disciples are in serious trouble. But oh, I like what the Word of God says. Listen to it. They were rowing and they were struggling against the wind and the waves. And in this virus, we are struggling. We don't know what to do, but we can trust God. About three o'clock in the morning, in the middle of the night, Jesus came. Oh, just say that with me this morning. Said Jesus came. Jesus came. Hasn't he come to you? Hadn't he came to you in that long, long night? And I want to tell you right now in this middle of this virus, he came to us this morning. As we begin to worship him, didn't you sense his presence? Oh, man, oh, the glory of his presence. Man, I hadn't sang that song for years. I love that song. Amen. We came into his presence. Oh, listen to me this morning. Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Ha, <laughs> ha, they were full of fear. They thought it was over. It was a long night. <laughs> he was going to walk past them. You know, a lot of times we let Jesus walk by us. You got to, but look what it said. When they saw him walking on the water, you got to see him. When he's coming, he's out there right now. He's there in the middle of that virus. Just open your eyes and see him in his glory and his honor. It reminds me of John G. Lake, the great apostle of faith who preached for many years in South Africa. They would have the bombotic plague there and people would be dying all over the place. But they said Brother Lake would go and people would spit in his hand. And when they spit in his hand, literally the germs and the bacteria would dry up because the presence of God was in his life. Read his book sometime. Read about John G. Lake, the man who started many churches in that part of the world, later moved to Seattle and there had a healing school. Huh. They cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They weren't looking for him. But Jesus spoke. Listen to me today. If you're in a midst of a long night, and we are in a midst of a long night with this virus, Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid. 
Let me tell you, one of the big problems with this virus is fear. It's tried to get a hold of me. But listen, don't be afraid. Amen. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and sound mind. Amen. Take courage. I am here. He's beside us this morning in this long night, in this difficult time. Jacob had a long night. Dyrus had a long night. Jesus had a long night. We've had a long night. Take me forward to my last story as I close this morning. I have a picture I want to show you. This man here was my boss for many years. He's still really my boss. I'm a retired active missionary with the Sims of God. His name was Greg Mundus. Here he is on a ventilator. Take me forward so I can tell you the story. Uh, I actually have the story line. He is the executive director of Assembly God Words Missions. He is my friend and a COVID-19 survivor. He spent 47 days incubated in the ICU. I thought it was over for him. I prayed for him every day. Man, I, I wished I had time. I'd give you his testimony. He was raised in Youngstown, Ohio. Never knew who his father was. Never, uh, his mother had many men coming through the house and he was a little boy and he walked into an Italian assembly of God church when he was 12 years old and Jesus Christ saved his life and he went to Austria and started a, built an assembly of God church and now for the last 15 years he's been director of assembly of God mission but what happened some of the French assembly of God came to America and unknown to them they were contagious they gave it to several of our great leaders in Springfield, but Greg suffered the least. For 47 days, his son, who is a doctor, writes about the spiritual transformation, watching his dad suffer. I followed his son every day. Take me to my next picture, would you? My next slide. There's Greg. Now, this is just Friday. Take me forward one more. To my last one. Let me read this to you. So great to see Greg, Mikey, Greg Michael Mundus walking the halls and visiting each of us at our desk today. He was at death's door three times, incubated on a ventilator for 34 days, and in the hospital 60 days. He's working and gaining strength every day thanks to the medical person who cared for him, for the prayers of all the people who are around the world, and to God for his healing power and for bringing Greg back to us. To God be the glory, great things he has done. Wow. Wow. He had a long night. His wife had the virus. It didn't, she was in the hospital just a few days. Can you imagine the family and the suffering? His son came to see him. His son lives in San Diego, a physician there, and he contacted the virus in, in Springfield and had to go into quarantine for so many days. And then when he got off of it, he would come and sit in his dad's room and simply pray for him outside the door looking through the glass. I want to tell you, God can bring you through a long night, can he not? Amen. Cannot God bring you through a long night?
I believe it today. That if you will trust in the Lord, he can bring you through a long night. Joy is going to come in the morning. Let's release our faith in this house today. And I, I just want us to do something today. You may not feel totally comfortable, but could we stand together again? Brother, I want you to come back and could you sing that first song you sang, How Great Is Our God Again? Can they pop that track again? Could you do that for him? Because I, I, I just want us to allow God to take us through this long night. Let's work together this morning. God's going to take us through this long night. And we're going to walk out of it with joy in the morning. I look on YouTube and Facebook this morning. Some of you are in a long night. But the presence of God can come right into your home. It can come into your car. It can come wherever you're at. And this long night can go. In fact, I want to do something right now. If you are not a believer, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want everybody in this place to repeat it after me. But especially I want those on Facebook and YouTube to pray this prayer with me. Would you say it after me? Say, Dear God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for his presence. Now on this Sunday morning in July, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God. I pray you would drive fear from my life. And that the peace of God would flood me. For I am in this long night. But would you come to me, Jesus, and speak to me? Don't be afraid. I am here. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I trust you will contact this church, Asheboro First Assembly. Contact the pastor, David Snyder. And tell him that you have accepted Jesus Christ in your heart. And when we get through this virus, I trust that you'll walk through this door of this church allowing Jesus Christ, saying he has changed your life. But we're going to sing a song this morning. And I want you out there and I want you in here to realize how great our God is. And he is going to come walk in your sea. If it's a long night, oh, I feel faith in this place this morning. I feel strength in this place this morning. I feel the presence of Jesus Christ. And if you feel comfortable this morning, if you're in the middle of this long night, I want to just ask you to walk to the front of this sanctuary, those here across. If you don't feel comfortable, stay right in your seat where you're at and just raise your hands if you're in that long night because God's going to bring it through you, brother. Let's sing it with him this morning. Somebody here this morning, you're struggling because this has attacked a lot of people financially and physically. About two years ago, I was in uh, Texas and Little Assembly of God Church in Bloomington, Texas. Got hit by Hurricane Harvey, 30 inches of rain. Uh, 
150 mile hour winds totally destroyed most of the church. And God said, James, I want you to rebuild that church. <laughs> I said, God, man, they got like 10 air conditioners and they're all gone. But this is what Jimmy said. God has always used me. So I call up Teen Challenge and they come out and they don't have no money. And then I called up Calf and they came out. And I know a man in Houston, he puts all the electrical in the McDonald's within 200 miles. And he said, I'll put it in for the price. But then I got almost finished and I was out of money. You ever been there? I was totally out of money. And uh, I called up Samaritan's Purse. How many knows what that is? That's good old Franklin Graham. And I partnered with him. And he, you know what they told me? They said, how much money do you need? I said, at least eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000. Because I had to put these 10 air conditioners in and all this and do this, redo. You had wood in the ceiling like this, and there was mold all over it. And I sent him a list, and you know what Samaritan's Purse did? They sent me back a letter the next day and said, we give you a $150,000 grant to redo this church. Man, I'm sitting. Hey, give God some glory. It was a long night for that church, but God, God will come through you financially. And I'm going to tell you something else. They pay up, man. You send them an invoice, Jimmy, and it's there in 10 days. Amen. They paid all my vendors. We finished that little church. And today they're having church in that little sanctuary. It may be a long night, but joy comes in the morning. I'm going to lead you in a, as I go, a, just a prayer of faith today. And I want you to repeat it after me. I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to give me unction. Would you just pray after me? Say, Jesus, you are my God. You are my Savior. And I am trusting you. I will not fear. I will not doubt. I am in the midst of a long night. Our country and world is in the midst of a long night. But you know about it. And on this Sunday morning, I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I believe that you will bring us through this. You have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I thank you for my church. I thank you for my pastor. And I pray this morning that the anointing in the presence of God would come through this place and we, we are through this virus that the greatest revival the greatest move of the Holy Spirit that this church has ever experienced will come to this place and in faith I speak it in Jesus name Amen